Thank you. I wanted to go with them. <laughs> so, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> I remember that. Um, if, you, if you have a Bible with you, would you turn with me to um, Matthew's Gospel? Uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. Uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. I'm going to read uh, from verse 18 to the end of the chapter. Um, it's good to be with you. Um, this is the second time here, so it was good to be here the first time, but I think it's always better to be here the second time because maybe you have said something that actually people appreciate and they've asked you back, so unless um, you didn't have a speaker for this week, maybe that's the reason. But um, It's good to be here with you. Um, I had literature to, 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 to uh, share with you, and uh, my, my wife has it, and I don't know what I did with it. That's the reason why I went out the back to have a look to see if I'd left it at the back, because I'm always leaving things all over the place, but um, they weren't there. But my wife has them, and, and I'm sure uh, if, if you want them later, then I can give you them. Uh, just, just a little bit about the faith mission, who we are and what we are and what we do. Um, it's, it's always good to find out a little bit about um, the, the mission that we uh, represent. Uh, we live down here in uh, Devon, um, just on the border between Cornwall and Devon, um, a little place called Ludine, and uh, we've been there for a couple of years. And uh, just uh, really uh, what we do is, is we try and help the churches to reach out to their community um, in, in, in a way that is relevant to where they are at and where their church is. And um, and also we do other things. We do camps and we do um, well, we do all sorts of kind of things. But there's in that little leaflet there as well. And uh, also we have a thing called a prayer diary. Um, and on it, um, we've got about 70, 80 workers throughout um, the United Kingdom and also the South of Ireland. And uh, uh, there's little pictures in the in the middle of all the people that uh, are involved, and you can have a look at that, and you can find out where we are and what we do, and um, there's little prayer points each day, um, and people find that helpful. If you know the mission, <coughs> then you'll know about that, but if you don't, and you might be interested, um, please just take one of them. <coughs> we'll leave some uh, later on. <coughs> but let's just go to um, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away uh, secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's just pray. 
Father, we thank you for your word and the truth of it. We thank you uh, that we have it in our own languages. Uh, We realize, Father, that um, for many of us here, we have different versions of the Bible, and we've got um, Greek and Hebrew and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, Father, we we just want to thank you for that. We want to thank you that your word has been preserved throughout uh, the years. And uh, no matter what people try to do and try to, to, to pervert yet your word uh, remains true. And so, Father, we would just ask as Lord, we look into your word that you would help us uh, to understand what you're saying and to, and to live out that which you say. Um, help us, um, Lord, to go out of this place knowing that we've been in the presence of the Almighty, knowing that you have spoken to us and knowing that, Lord, that you would cause us and help us to be obedient to what you say to us as individual people and to a church here in Paynton. So help us, Lord, we do pray. Uh, Undertake for us. Give us understanding of your word. um, And and help us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I think as you look at this passage, you might be thinking, well, that's a Christmas theme. Um, Well, you know, many people will say that Jesus was born on the 25th of uh, December. Other people will tell you it was other times and so on and so forth. To be quite honest, it doesn't really matter when he was born. The matter is he was born. And that's the most important thing. And I think that we can speak about the birth of Jesus Christ any time of the year, not just on Christmas Day, just like the resurrection. A lot of people leave the resurrection until Easter. But actually, just as, the, as our brother spoke about um, earlier on in, in his prayer, um, you know, the resurrection is every day, every Sunday anyway at least. And uh, we can speak about these things uh, in different times of the year. So... Um, I thought about this and I thought about this passage and uh, as I looked into it, I I, I started to think a little bit more uh, about what was really going on in in the passage and and, and not just as as great as that is about the birth of Jesus, but what it means uh, to us as, as if you are a Christian here this morning. Because you see, it's very easy for us as Christians to think that salvation is an escape from the world. And uh, what goes on in it, a sort of separation, which means we don't get our hands dirty in the things of this world. You know, you become a Christian and now you've got separated from the world. And uh, so you don't get involved with the world. And, and there was used to be a movement that would have, uh, I suppose, pushed that. And where I come from in Peterhead, that was very much pushed when I was a little kid. Um, and uh, my, my father was a, a, a deep sea fisherman. And he would be on the boat. He would be the cook on the boat. And uh, one of the, the men who, who was a Christian, he was into this separation thing. And he would be up in the wheelhouse and he wouldn't have anything to do with the crew. He paid the crew, but that was it. And uh, he was up there in the, uh, in the wheelhouse and he, he would have nothing to do with the crew. He would call down for my dad to get, the, uh, <coughs> to get the meal, to take the meal up. And he would leave it on a step. He would come, pick up the, the meal and go in and eat his meal and be separate from the rest of the crew. Now that was uh, an extreme sort of separation. But there are still some people who think that that, that kind of way, that um, Christianity is a, a, an escape from the world that we live in. But the scriptures make it plain that it would be a mistake to think that, to think that salvation is an escape from the world instead of an engagement with the world. 
You see, Scripture also makes it plain we are not to be like the world. That's obvious. We're not to be like the world. We're in the world, not of it. And it is our job to be engaged with the world the way that God wants us to be engaged. God, I'm sure you've heard this before, God has a job for you to do. If you're a Christian, he has something for you to do. And I'm sure if you've been coming here uh, for a certain amount of time, you would have heard that phrase before. God has a job for you to do where you live. But as we look at this, it tells us that Jesus was and is Emmanuel, God with us. Verse 23, it tells us that, doesn't it? God comes to us as a people and lives in our world. Rather than having us try the impossible of going to him. He comes, he lives in our world. He gets involved with it. He gets his hands dirty. Time and time again as we look at the scripture, we see Jesus doing things that are quite alien to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They actually looked at him and they said, oh, he's a friend of sinners. Oh dear, what a terrible guy this is. But what did Jesus do? He went to be with sinners. He went to be with the publicans and the sinners. He went and he spoke to the tax collectors. Something that the Jews wouldn't do. I mean, it's hard enough for us to do today, isn't it, the tax collector? We don't really want to speak to them. But Jesus went and spoke to them. Jesus spoke to so many kinds of different kinds of people. He got his hands dirty. And I think sometimes, if we're honest, the church is sort of, well, me in my small corner and you in yours. And this kind of separation thing does go on at times. But the passage of scripture here makes the point that Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. And to Joseph, he would need that affirmation from from God, that God would be with him when he was told of Mary being pregnant. Joseph was asked three things by the angel, and that's what we're going to look into this morning. Three things by the angel. First, do not be afraid. Joseph had fear in him. Joseph knew Mary very well. He, He knew the family very well. He loved Mary, and he he couldn't understand why Mary could be pregnant. How could she be pregnant? I I know her too well. I don't think this could possibly happen. And he was confused. He was filled with fear. We're told that he thought about it. He thought about her being pregnant. He thought about the outcome of all that. He thought what it could mean for Mary. And in verse 20... It's all that was in his mind, if you like. My wife is pregnant and she's saying she hasn't she's saying that she hasn't been with another man and that it's from God. How could this possibly be? You put yourself in Joseph's position. But he knows Mary. He knows the family. He knows they're a godly family. He knows Mary's a godly lady. And he's wondering what on earth? How? She couldn't have. She couldn't have been unfaithful to me. But he thinks it through. Other people might just be straight in and that's it. We're finished. She's off. I'm not having anything to do with her. But Joseph thought it through. In his mind, he sees that it is not in Mary's character to be a girl that would do such a thing. He couldn't understand. And and what we don't understand, we fear. 
Isn't that right? You don't understand something you fear. No, you're all looking pretty okay. You don't fear anything. That's great. Me, I fear spiders. Ah, now we're seeing it. You know, there are some things that you fear. Now, when I got married, you know, there I was, the the man of the house and everything, and and, uh, I just got married, and I was going to be the protector of the family and everything, and we we went to this little place on our honeymoon in Wales, and and my wife, as a dutiful wife, she went, and she made something to eat, and she went in, and she was making something to eat, and there I was, sitting by the fire with my glass of Pepsi Max or whatever it was, drinking away and thinking, oh, this is the life. And all of a sudden, a spider came flying out, and I jumped up. It was huge. It was... (laughs) Massive, but it had big hairy legs and everything, and his eyes were looking at me. And, and it came towards me, and I jumped, and I broke the glass. And then my wife came, all concerned. Oh, what's wrong? Oh, 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 nothing. But I was afraid of that spider, and I'm still afraid of spiders. I'll shout in Yvette if I have to go for a, a bath or anything like that. I'd say to her, Yvette, would you come and, and get the spider out? She knows me. She knows me. It's a fear thing. And there are things that we're afraid of. And Joseph was afraid. He was filled with fear. It's interesting that Joseph does not rush into judgment. He could have. He had proof. Mary was with child. That's the truth. And he wasn't the father. He could have had her stoned. But thinks it through. Now what's his motivation to think it through rather than judge? Love. He loved her. (laughs) Think about this. You know, very often, what we do as Christians is we judge. We look at someone. uh, Just recently, we had a. a, I was, I was up in Edinburgh, and um, uh, we, we were discussing someone who. Who was a bit a, di- a bit dishevelled, a bit like me, you know, not as as nicely dressed as as our brother before, um, somebody like me, and uh, had jeans on and something like that, and he holes in his jeans and everything, and 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 you know what it's like. Sometimes people look at that and they judge it. And this person was judging it, and this other person said, you know, that the the Bible tells us that God, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And the person said, I don't really care what the Bible says about it. It's, it's, not, it's not right. <laughs> do you get the dilemma? Because <laughs> very often what we do is we look at the outward appearance of people and we look at the, out, uh, the, the, the thing that we hear from somebody else and we listen to that and we see that and we judge. doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, how young you are. We can do that. If someone comes in all in a different way than, than we expect the so-called norm, then we very often judge that. That's not how it should be, should it? Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. He loved her. He did not judge her. He thought about it. He thought it through. And it's quite amazing that he actually took time to think it through. Because in those days, it was even worse than it is today. Because today, 
for a lady to be pregnant outside of being engaged or wedlock or whatever is probably the norm. But in those days, that was not the norm. And the lady was called all sorts of things. And so for Joseph, this was a big thing. So he said, he was saying, I love this woman. And I don't want to let her go. I see so much in her of God. But very often we judge before thinking. Joseph was human and God knew the fear that Joseph had and met him at the point of his need. The angel speaks to him and assures him not to fear because the child that is within Mary is from the Holy Spirit. God tells him, don't fear. I'm in control. God cares for Joseph, not only because he was going to be the one that would humanly look after Jesus, but God loves Joseph and sees Joseph's heart and he didn't want him to divorce her. He asks her to asks him to think it through. He comes to him and speaks to him. What would be best for Mary? Joseph has been thinking. Now he thinks, well, I'll put her away secretly, so no harm would come to her. He thinks that through. No harm would come to the Mary, no harm would come to the child. Would that work? Would that be the best thing to do? God saw the concern Joseph had for Mary and God comes to him to reassure him of God's love for Joseph. And says, don't fear Joseph. I know this is a situation that is terrible and and you don't understand it. and, And it's bringing you fear and it's bringing you concern. It's bringing you the thoughts of how can this possibly happen? But don't fear. As Christians, we're in the world and and there are things that will frighten us. We cannot see a way out of it. We want to do the right thing, but even doing the right thing is going to cost us. And it sometimes means standing up and saying, I don't agree with you. That's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to say, I don't agree. (laughs) It's sometimes difficult to say no. Now, some people find it quite easy. Uh, the people who always say no. <laughs> if you're from Northern Ireland, that's a great thing. Um, um, but, but my wife's from Northern Ireland, so I can say that. So don't shoot me, please. Um, but, you know, very often some people can be the, the kind of people who say no to everything. And they just say no to be cantankerous. But there are some times when we have to stand up and we have to say no. And we get a bit all on edge and a bit embarrassed and a bit, you know, how we're going to say this, how, how, how we're really going to say, I don't want to, you know, you're invited to someone's house and, and you don't really want to go, but you just go because <laughs> you don't want to say no. In the Christian world, there are some things that frighten us. There are some things that we need to stand up and say no to. It sometimes sometimes might mean being misunderstood. And being misunderstood always brings a separation, doesn't it, sometimes? 
Well, not all the time, but sometimes. God comes and says, don't fear, I'm with you. Salvation is not an escape from the world. Being a Christian is not an escape from the world's issues. It's an engagement with the world where God wants us to be. And the difficult situations and the decisions of life. Joseph, in his decision in life, God is with him. Sometimes we think that being a Christian, well, as soon as you become a Christian, everything's going to be great. I thought that. You know, coming from the world that I came from, I thought, great, now I'm a Christian, everything's going to be great. I'm going to have a smile on my face all the time, just like everybody here. Um, And I thought, great, I've made it, I've become a Christian. And then I went to my first members meeting. And I thought, what have I come to? I may as well have been in the pub. Christianity is not an escape from issues. Christianity is a way of dealing with them. In love. Preferring one another. All those things. That are hard to do. It is God maybe saying to you and I today. You're trying to work out. What to do. And everything that you're thinking and working out is logical. But it's you working it out instead of God. Instead of allowing God to work. Now now please don't think I'm saying let go and let God. That's not what I'm saying. We need to engage our God-given brains in situations. God does not chastise Joseph for using his brain, does he? And thinking it through. But what he does say is don't fear. Don't make decisions because of fear. See the bigger picture. Joseph makes big decisions. There are times in our life that we need to make the bigger decision, even though we're afraid. Joseph is told, don't fear. The other thing he's told, take Mary to be your wife. Now, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? That's what he's told. But he says, don't fear, take Mary to be your wife. It's my plan and my purposes, and they will be worked out. Now, I'm sure you know this, but to the Jewish people in that day, betrothal or engagement was equivalent to marriage, except the man and the woman did not live with each other for a while. They were called husband and wife, and at the end of the engagement period, the marriage was consummated. It was a massive thing for Joseph to take Mary to be his wife. He had to believe in the supernatural birth of Jesus Christ. He had to believe that his wife was faithful. He had to believe God's word. He had to believe in a miracle. He had to believe that which is impossible with man is possible with God. A real test for Joseph. Uh, liberals have said that Mary was, was not a virgin. They say that in uh, Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, it should be translated young woman. But the word translated virgin in these verses always means virgin and cannot be translated young woman. Mary was a virgin. She hadn't been with a man. Now let's think about that for a moment. This world says it's an impossibility, it's a fairy tale. You go and you speak about that down the, down the road, down the street, and they laugh at you. It's impossible. But for us who are Christians, this is not a fairy tale, it's a miracle of God. That God made the universe who spoke, as we've been hearing about um, before, he spoke and it was. Now if God made the universe in six days and rested, then what is it for him to have a baby in the womb of Mary? If we believe that God is the God who made the, created everything, 
then what is it for God to put a baby in the womb of Mary? Joseph did believe and wasn't with his wife until after the birth of Jesus. He believed. He believed what the angel said. Very quickly, because we're running out of time. Again, we, we see that salvation is not an escape from the world. Being a Christian is not an escape from the world's issues. Joseph had to make decisions, and you too have to make decisions. We have to make decisions. We have to make godly decisions all the time in what we do and what we don't do, what we say and what we don't say, and what we think and what we don't think, what we do and what we don't do, what we watch and what we don't watch. There are decisions we need to make. It's not easy sometimes, is it? Because I want to do this. I want to watch that because it's gratifying. But I know if I watch that, that means I don't do this. We've got to make decisions. His decision was, do you marry Mary or don't you marry Mary? And this was a massive thing. But he does, as we know. The third thing he's told is call the child that was in the womb, Jesus. Actually, Jesus, God's son, was called three things in the passage if we look at it. First thing is Jesus, meaning saviour, which comes from the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. Now, there are many Jewish boys called either Joshua or in the Greek, Jesus. But Mary's boy was to be called Jesus the Christ in verse 18. Uh, Matthew says, now the birth of Jesus Christ. What does Christ mean? Well, Christ means anointed. It's the Greek equivalent of Messiah. Now, uh, don't think I'm very clever, because I ain't. I, I, I just, I read a lot, and, and, and I understand a little bit, so um, it's not because I've got any brains that I'm saying these things, but work with me, help me, help me out here. It's Jesus, it's Christ, He's the Messiah. Jesus is his human name. Christ is his official title. And he's also called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, the other name mentioned here in verse 23, describes who he is. Means God with us. Jesus Christ is God, verse 23. It's the prophecy and fulfillment of that prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. It's a fulfillment of the prophecy in the Old Testament. There they're told that this person who is going to come is Emmanuel, God with us. He comes in the womb of Mary and the angel says, look, this is Emmanuel, God with us. You, Joseph, shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And in view of what has been said about the names Emmanuel and Jesus that the people are said to belong to him and that he is to forgive their sins. This is an amazing thing. The people belong to God and to him alone. Those that have been forgiven, those who have put their trust in Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus the Savior, they belong to God and him alone. And God alone possesses the authority to forgive their sins. No man can forgive your sins. Only God. 
In view of Matthew's presentation of Jesus as son of David in chapter 1, verse 1, and in 1, chapter 21, it's specifically significant. Matthew makes it clear at the very beginning of the gospel that Jesus' mission is fundamentally spiritual in character, not political or social. The people that he came to, his disciples, thought he was going to be a political leader. They thought he was going to do social reform. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the church should be involved in those things. I'm not having a go at that. What I'm saying is it's spiritual in character. What he did was spiritual in character. So when Jesus came, he came to forgive sin. He came to live a perfect life of obedience to the Father. And the whole reason why he did that was because of the love that he had for you and me. And obviously the love for his Father. But his desire to see us saved, his desire to see us have a relationship with him, it was based on love. No wonder he comes to Joseph and says to Joseph, I love you, Joseph. I know you're having a hard time here. I know you're having a struggle. But I love you so much, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to be with you in this situation. I'm going to help you through it. And isn't that a blessing to know that, that he did it with Joseph and he does that with us? That no matter what the situation, no matter the difficulty, no matter the no's that we might have to say, the decisions that we come through, he's with us. I think it's amazing. No hallelujahs, no smiles. I don't know why, but there you are. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? If you're a Christian here this morning, why are you not smiling from ear to ear? What Joseph has been told is Jesus is the fulfillment of all the prophecies of, of a Messiah. And that God himself was the one that would pay the price of sin. Coming back to the fact that Joseph was told to call him Jesus was for him a confirmation of the importance and difference of this child to any other child. Also a confirmation of the character that he had known all along of Mary. She was godly. The child was indeed born of the Spirit of God. He was to be the saviour of his people. Joseph had to make a decision. He thought it through. We've seen that. But in the end he listened to God's intervention. How do we make the decisions that we make today? Extraordinary intervention like this is not the norm, but still has ways of us knowing, God still has ways of us knowing what he wants us to do in doubtful situations. How? By providence. You're in the situation. If you're in the situation, I'm sure God wants you to make a decision in some way or another. (laughs) You're in a situation and it's a mess You're the godly one. What do you do? Well, I'm in the situation, so I need to make some kind of decision. Conscience. Will I or won't I? Will I do right or will I fudge it? Will I be nice? Because the Bible tells us to be nice and not fudge it. And that's how we sometimes work it out, don't we? We've got to be nice people. But sometimes being a Christian is actually saying no. Now, that's not, that's not, not being nice. That's actually being honest and truthful and upright and being nice to the person that we might have to say no to. Difficult as that may be. But there's also advice of faithful people, advice from other people, other Christians. I'm not meaning gossip. 
But I'm meaning going to a person that you trust and saying, look, this situation that I've got here, I need help. I need help in this. What do I do? This could cause so much chaos. Help me out. And you go to that person. They might give you good advice. But also applying to ourselves the principles of God's holy word. As we read God's holy word, as we look at his word, and as we look at the principles of his word, as we are being taught week after week at church, those things that, we, that God brings back to our memories, ah, I remember him saying that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to deal with it. Jesus came to engage with the world. In fact, he engaged for the world, didn't he? That's an interesting thing, isn't it? He didn't just come to engage with the world. He came to engage for the world. And as Christians, we need to engage for the world. And the situations that are around us. And so many problems in our world. So many social problems. So many political problems. Brexit, I'm sure you've heard that before. And all the problems that it's going to cause or not going to cause or whatever you think. There are people who are afraid. I go around the doors and people, that's one of the things that people speak about is Brexit. And people are afraid. We have opportunity to be salt and light in that situation. He engaged for the world. He came to save his people from their sins. Two things come from what we've been speaking about this morning. Just very quickly. One, are you... One who is trusting Jesus Christ as your saviour. Are you one who has put your trust in him? Have you had your sins forgiven? Because he is the one that can forgive you. In fact, he's the only one. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. It's not by coming to church. It's good to come to church. It's not by reading your Bible. It's good to read your Bible. It's not by praying. but It's good to pray. But it's by coming to Jesus Christ and putting your trust in him. That's the first thing. But the second thing, as we've already spoken, are we engaging with the world around us? Are we being good examples of Jesus Christ to our non-Christian neighbours and our non-Christian friends? I'm sure you've got non-Christian friends. I trust you have non-Christian friends. I hope you have non-Christian friends. <laughs> it's good to have them. Are we sharing the gospel with them? Are we sharing Christ in our lives and what we do? It would be a mistake to think that salvation is an escape from the world instead of engagement with the world. Are we truly engaging with the world around us? I'm going to finish um, uh, singing uh, For the Joys and For the Sorrows, For the Best and Worst of Times. And it's song.